on a routine patrol on my Coast Guard cutter in the Eastern Pacific, late at night a few hundred miles offshore. I'm on the helm, and the late-night bridge watch conversations are the usual. People telling a few spooky stories. The radio crackles suddenly, and everyone shuts up, since it's monitoring Channel 16, which is international hailing and distress. We get static for 20 or 30 seconds, then singing. Someone is singing nonsensibly into their radio. It stops. After a while, and we all kind of freak out. Later in the watch, the bridge windshield wipers turned on on their own. The ocean at night is weird. My wife, my daughter, and I joined our troop for a Cub Scout Halloween event at a Boy Scout camp in Colorado. It's a large hilly area tucked away in the canyons. There are lots of campsites up the hill, but further down the road are some cabins. We were allowed to stay there for the night since it's more comfortable than tents. Well, these cabins are about a one-quarter mile away from any of the other buildings or tent areas. So we are nowhere near the rest of the group, and it's just the three of us in the cabin. We get ready for bed, and as I'm starting to fall asleep, I realize how eerily quiet it is. It is completely still outside. No wind, no rustling of trees, etc. Well, I eventually fall asleep. I am then awoken very suddenly by a scream inside the room. I sit up and ask my wife if she is okay. She responds yes and checks on our daughter. She is fine. It is now dead quiet again. No noise. The scream is gone. So in a panic, I start walking around the room in the dark. Nothing in the room but us. Maybe it came from outside. So I peek out the window and out the front door. No movement, nothing. But it's pitch black. I can't see anything. Time to buck up the courage, grab my phone as a flashlight, and go check outside. I stand there frozen for a minute, and finally work myself up to grab my phone and go outside. I grab my phone, turn on the screen, and see a Halloween update alert from the Simpsons mobile game. What I heard was Homer Simpson screaming from my phone, because one of my buildings was done in the Simpsons game. Needless to say, I uninstalled that game and haven't played it since. It took a good two hours for my wife and I to call back asleep. My girlfriend and I were fishing at a stone quarry in Sugar Grove, Illinois on May 5, 1988, that was pretty much surrounded by cornfields and some small patches of light forest and shrubbery. The sun had just set and we were behind stone walls inside the small quarry, so it was getting darker a little faster. On one side of the quarry, the stone wall was elevated 40 feet. That is the side we face while fishing while the area behind us slowly rose to a cornfield edged by shrubbery and small trees. The edge of the trees and shrubbery is about 15 to 20 yards behind us. We were sitting on the edge of the water contemplating packing up, when all of a sudden we heard this very loud roar and I mean loud. It made us both jump up instantly. It roared howled again. I could see the outline of a creature with a large head and large eyes. I grabbed my flashlight and shined it at the creature. It had very large greenish orangish oval eyes. It roared again, and you could see very large predator-like teeth. Then it moved through the trees and shrugs so fast, we could not see it move until it was at its next destination. Then it roared again. 
It had a roar that was not like anything that lives on this planet, especially in Illinois. I can still mimic the sound that it made. It was very scary. The creature was at its closest 10 yards, and maybe 50 yards at its furthest. The eyes reminded me of a large reptile. The next day I went back with my friend to see if I could see anything or any signs of anything. I could not see anything such as tracks or broken limbs. Nothing. My buddy and I started fishing. We were there about an hour when it started to get dark again. We packed up and started to walk up the short path to my jeep when we both stopped in our tracks. Coming across the cornfield at treetop level was a craft. It had several lights on it, and it had a large light that shined on us for a few seconds. Then it made a 45-degree turn and went out of the atmosphere in the blink of an eye. The craft we saw did not have a sound. We were pretty much surrounded by the stone quarry. We could hear a pin drop on the other side, but this craft did not have a sound. My encounter happened in July of 1996 in the Trinity Mountains of Northern California. My roommates and I are up for summer break from Humboldt State University, and we decided to go backpacking for the weekend as we often do. We originally planned to visit the Ruth Lake Trailhead, but it was raining hard and our group decided to ask the rangers at the forest station where there was a good place to hike. My roommates from the Los Angeles area decided to be smart asses to the ranger, at which I was mortified as my dad spent many summers as a park ranger in Crater Lake, Oregon and Mount Rainier. Washington, I remember the ranger taking offense, and I saw a gleam in his eyes when he pointed out a nice hike for you all. He sent us to a trailhead in the Trinity Alps. I only recalled this after the encounter, racking my brain to try and figure out how we ended up in such a surreal situation. We hiked about five miles up Steed Canyon and found a flat piece of real estate next to the Raging Creek. There were some nice granite slabs that we hung out on and bathed from that afternoon, careful not to get swept away by the swollen creek. At around 10 that night we were sitting around a pre-existing campfire on some logs that have been arranged around it in a square. We had all heard voices of what we thought were some people approaching our camp from above. We got ready to greet other backpackers, but realized that they were coming from the top of the mountain down a very steep slope, not the trail that followed the creek of the canyon. Their voices were deep and sounded like the samurai chatter, as I've heard it described in other accounts. I couldn't understand it of course, but the tone was unmistakable. Basically, someone is in our territory and we're not happy about it. I directed my crappy flashlight after silhouettes, as they skirted our campsite and caught a pair of eyes locked on me. They were whitish-yellow, large and far apart. My reaction was one of disbelief and the basic mindset that I seemed to adopt for the rest of the encounter, which I now suppose to be a survival instinct that helped me keep my sanity, is now this isn't really happening to me. I kept telling myself this over and over throughout the encounter. I swung my flashlight off the spot, and then when I came back to it the eyes were gone. Just then the stomping and hooting began, slow at first, and then building to a crescendo. The ground shook with every stomp. We all shared looks of shock and disbelief, and at that moment I experienced the worst fear of my life. I resigned myself to the fact that I would probably die soon. When the stomping and hooting finally stopped, 
I assumed the voice to be the male, as it was deep and commanding. It barked some orders, and I thought they were now about to attack. Below us were the higher-pitched sounds of the females who responded to the orders. A few moments later, we heard huge splashes in the creek from upstream. Either they were throwing huge boulders into the creek or jumping into it. Their voices were excited now, like a party or celebration. Then it went silent maybe a minute or two later. We then heard the siren-like scream from the top of the canyon. I could feel it reverberate in my chest. I've had people try to convince me that these were just some people playing a prank on us. I always respond that there was no way a human can hike up that mountain that fast in pitch blackness. I also don't think anyone can scream that loud, even with amplification. Whatever made that noise was massive. It sounded like the cross between a lion and Tarzan, and it seemed to be proclaiming its dominance over the region. I was just relieved that I was still alive and that they had moved farther away. After a while, I lay down in my tent. I heard something walking outside and pulled my sleeping bag from my ears. My tent mate asked if I'd heard anything, but I was still in the this-can't-be-happening mode, so I replied no. Just then, the campfire went dark with the silhouette of the creature. I literally choked on my scream, petrified to make any noise. I could only watch the shadow as I was completely paralyzed. I remember its fingers groping the seam of the zipper, and its breath pushing the tent fabric in and out. I can think, but my body couldn't move. I thought I should grab my camera, but was paralyzed with fear. I also remember getting the sensation that the creature knew I was aware of it and scared to death. I must have passed out from fear. I don't remember anything after that until I woke up at daybreak. I searched the area with a very new perspective that morning and found a hair that I've since misplaced. I also noticed the trail had deep impressions, but no clear tracks. Other than that there was no trace of our encounter that night. I've never been shy about telling my story. I will always recount the episode when requested even in potentially skeptical audiences. I've never really worried about what people thought of my account. I know what I encountered even if I didn't get a good look at the creatures. I've endured some ridicule, but I'm not afraid to stand up for what I believe, and all who challenge me go away assured that I'm speaking the truth. They may not believe it, but they all tell me they believe that what happened to me actually occurred. I lived in a forested part of a coal mining town where my grandfather built a log cabin. As a teenager, I didn't sleep much for whatever reason. Because of that, I would go for walks at night. Nothing too strange ever happened, except an occasional whistling noise that I would only hear during my walks, not when I'm sitting on the deck or wandering the yard. I'm not sure if this is even related to the following event. One night, I was talking with my grandfather in his office about that unfamiliar sound. He usually always had an answer, but not this time. We joked around about its possible origins, and then I said, good night. My phone had been dead for a few hours at this point, but midway down the steps, it turned on and started playing Walking After Midnight by Patsy Cline. But only the, I'm always walking after midnight, searching for you part before shutting off again. My phone has been dead for at least two hours at this point, and that was not the last song I was listening to. I tried turning it back on to see if maybe I was mistaken that it died, 
but it flashed the dead battery symbol for a moment before going black again. Then my grandfather, whose office is only a few feet from the steps, calls out another fun fact. Patsy Klein died in a plane crash on my birthday. Obviously, I didn't go for a walk that night, or at all until I got a dog. If this story is interesting at all, I have more that may or may not be connected to this event. Back when I was in grade school, I had a memorable turkey hunting experience in the wilderness of Missouri. It was a crisp morning, and I set out with my gear, filled with anticipation for a successful hunt. Little did I know that the events of that day would forever etch themselves in my memory, as I patiently waited in my concealed spot. Hoping to catch a glimpse of a turkey, I noticed a sudden burst of movement in the distance. A deer darted through the underbrush, pursued closely by two energetic coonhounds. Startled, I watched as they disappeared into the wilderness, leaving me intrigued by their unexpected presence. A couple of minutes passed, and to my surprise, a solid black figure emerged from the shadows, following the path of the deer and hounds. Assuming it was another dog, I thought nothing of it and continued to wait for my chance at a turkey. However, as time ticked by, an inexplicable sensation washed over me, tingling the hairs on the back of my neck. Something felt off. Instinctively, I turned around, a shiver of unease running down my spine. And there it was, a mere ten yards away, steadily advancing towards me, utter silence enveloping its presence. The sight before me was striking an ebony creature with piercing eyes, making its way towards me with an uncanny grace. Its movements were fluid, and the absence of sound intensified the eerie encounter. I stood there, frozen in awe and confusion, unsure of what lay before me. In that fleeting moment, the black enigma altered its course, as if startled by my sudden awareness. With a quick change of direction, its tail dropped to the ground, forming a slight curl, a telltale sign of feline instincts. It was a sight that I would forever remember a black crawler, a creature whose existence was often denied by the conservation authorities at the time, despite numerous reported sightings. In retrospect, I speculated that the majestic predator must have been drawn to the motion of my decoy as I walked through the brush. Perhaps it perceived the decoy as potential prey, silently stalking its simulated target, but my inadvertent turn had disrupted its plan, causing it to retreat into the wilderness, leaving me both relieved and intrigued by the encounter. My old neighbor, who committed us shortly after his experience, came to me with his experience. We were both registered Maine guides hunting, fishing, recreation. Guiding in Maine is a serious business. The criteria are strict, and guides are expert woodsmen, with years of outdoors experience. Anyway, he confided in me about this sighting. He was hunting his own property during deer season of 2011. The property is located on the Jefferson-Washington town lines, which are also the Knox-Lincoln County lines in Maine. The particular property is a Christmas tree farm, and is private property. My friend was watching a run, where deer regularly traveled, cut Ting through his property. He observed for about a minute a bipedal creature walking, with its upper body well above his Christmas trees. It had a wolf's head, was muscular and covered in hair, but walking like a man. 
At the end of the sighting, the creature dropped to all fours and took off down the run. He was shaking when he told me the story, and based upon my few years working in law enforcement, I don't believe he was lying. Both of us guided for bear hunters at the time, and I know he was very familiar with bears and Maine wildlife in general. He made a particular emphasis on the pointed ears. He said it looked like a werewolf. In Maine, people do see these things and generally call them Wendigo. After that sighting, I carried a firearm going to my barn at night. I am certain that he told me the truth. Unfortunately, he for some reason committed shortly after he told me about the sighting, which was very fresh at the time. The area has some large tracts of woods with very limited access due to private property. There is a stream passing through the area and some high ridges. Also, old cellar holes and stone walls are scattered throughout the forest behind the property. Food sources are plentiful in the area, with old apple trees, berry patches, deer, turkey, snowshoe hares. Bears are present in the area, but not in huge numbers. Moose are also present, but again not in huge numbers. While I still own a house very near the spot, I have moved to South Dakota and have no intention of moving back to Maine due to political economic reasons. I am curious if other Maine folks have seen these things. It seems to me that people have, but always in hushed conversations about an uncle. I'm from the Netherlands, and this happened to me. I hope someone can help me out because it has been haunting me for years now. When I was younger, I always had this feeling someone was standing behind me, and I saw black shadows every morning. I stopped seeing them and moved on until this happened. One night I saw this figure in the middle of my room against the wall. It was very tall like 9 feet or something, very skinny like you could see his ribs and spine had grey blackish skin. It had big black eyes and a lurking smile with sharp teeth. It had very long limbs, arms, legs, feet, hands, I remember it had a chain around its neck, and it had little horns. It was very slow. At that time I was in an abusive relationship and I was very depressed. It seemed to haunt me every time I got into a new relationship. If I brought my girlfriend home my behavior changed. I got grumpy and irritated, and if she gave me love, I got terrified my whole body started to shake and talking was hard. When we broke up everything was fine again, and I could leave it behind. After years I started dating again. But the minute I brought someone home, it was like nope, this doesn't feel right, and I got this overwhelming feeling again even with friends sometimes. I tried to block this whole thing, but it's only possible if I stay alone. My sister saw it standing on the stairs to my room one day. She described it the same as how I saw it that one time, but it didn't do anything. She said it just stood there. After a while, I met this girl. She said she was spiritual and locked it in a spell jar after I got a panic attack again. We broke up, and it felt like something was missing. I saw the jar and immediately opened it. What could this be? That one time was the only time I saw it, but I feel his presence now and then. It's like I could imagine it next to me. I just hope someone can help. I'm not scared of it anymore because it's harmless so far as I know. It's just still in my mind. I had multiple theories about what it could be, like a lost soul or something. Weirdly, it is quiet now.
I do have a girlfriend at the moment. Sometimes I thought it was protecting me if that makes sense. My exes were very abusive and manipulative. My girlfriend now is very supportive, and it's just a healthy relationship, and it is quiet. Other commenters describe their own experiences. Pretty much the same thing happened to me. Ditto on the toxic relationship at the time and pretty sure it was during one of my lowest points depression-wise. The only thing is this humanoid had a Hamburg-type hat on and a long cape. It was standing over me during a sleep paralysis event and had both of its hands hovering over my chest like it was both trying to keep me from moving and also like stealing my soul. The figure's fingers were extremely long, pale, and with sharp tips reminiscent of the pale man from Pan's Labyrinth, didn't really notice nails though, just pointy and long fingers. When I was finally able to move the thing just dissipated into the ceiling. Literally felt like a demon feeding off low vibrational fearful frequencies. The next comment. I have seen something similar where I grew up. The countryside in Denmark. A tall figure, about two meters tall or more, Long skinny arms and legs. It didn't do anything, just stared at my buddy and me. A couple of weeks later, my sister and her boyfriend saw the same thing, not far from where I saw it. They were taking our dog for an evening walk, and suddenly it appeared about 30 meters from them. Again just staring. The dog began to whimper and flee with the tail between its legs, then ran home and locked the doors. About a week later, we found a dead deer on our farm. The abdomen was torn ripped open, and the guts were all over the place. The biggest predators we have in this part of the country are foxes and badgers, and I don't think they can attack and do that to an adult deer. Shortly after my whole family moved, some to another farm, others to a semi-large town. I am living in the town now, but I swear, sometimes I still see it in the dark. When I was about 19, I went duck hunting in flooded hardwood timber along the Wisconsin River. It was November at the time, and it was about 15 Fahrenheit 10 Celsius out. Most of the local lakes had frozen over so ducks were thick along this section of the river. I had a 12-foot boat and a 10-horse motor, which was perfect for getting around between the tree trunks. But I parked the boat in the trees and set my decoys out in a little clearing. The water amongst the trees is about two feet deep, and it deepens to about three feet or so in the clearings. I'd finished setting up my decoys this morning at about 5 a.m. It was split pea soup foggy and leaves were being blown across the water. I was standing about thigh deep in the water on the edge of the trees. Now bear in mind that it's dark. My eyes were adjusted enough that I could see faint outlines, and that's about it. Suddenly about 45 minutes before dawn, I noticed some large ripples in the water around my decoy spread. I got excited thinking that a duck I hadn't noticed had swum into my spread. However the ripples started getting more agitated and suddenly started heading towards me very quickly. I started backing up as quickly as I could and trying to get my gun off my shoulder strap. I hit a log and sit down on it hard, almost going over backwards. The ripples suddenly turn into a splash, and suddenly a huge ass otter has his front paws on my knees. His face about three inches from my own. He hisses at me, and I thought I was about to get mauled. 
After what felt like an eternity of him staring me down, he slips off me and circles the log a few times before joining what I could now see were four other otters about 20 feet away looking at this ordeal. After this fantastic occurrence, I sat on the log for about 20 minutes before pulling myself together and wading back to my hunting spot at the edge of the clearing. Several years ago, during a chilling October evening, my friend and I embarked on a drive from Waldo to Cultus. The road was familiar to us, but as dusk settled in, the surrounding landscape transformed into an eerie and shadowy realm. As we maneuvered through the dwindling light, our headlights pierced the darkness, revealing an unexpected sight. A lone figure emerged from the gloom, trudging forward despite the biting cold. Clad only in a t-shirt and shorts, he seemed ill-prepared for the harsh elements that awaited him on his journey towards Cultus. Concerned for his well-being, we decided to stop and offer him a ride. Rolling down the window, I called out to him, asking if he needed assistance and if he wanted a lift to the nearby resort. To my surprise, his response sent a shiver down my spine. With an unsettling intensity in his eyes, the man looked at me and uttered a phrase that still echoes in my memory. You're going to take me to La Pine. His words were laced with an inexplicable demand, as if he expected nothing less than compliance. Caught off guard by his unwavering insistence, I attempted to reason with him, explaining that we were unable to accommodate his request to travel all the way to La Pine. I offered to drop him off at the resort, which was a more reasonable distance. However, his response was far from what I expected. In an alarming twist, the man swiftly produced a pocket knife, the glint of the blade reflecting the fading light. He repeated his demand with a chilling certainty. You're taking me to La Pine. The gravity of the situation suddenly became all too real, and the adrenaline surged through my veins. Maintaining a calm facade, I assessed the situation and made a quick decision. Sensing the potential danger, I chose to prioritize our safety and promptly drove away, leaving the mysterious man to his solitary trek in the desolate darkness. It was the year 2013 in Sangin, Afghanistan. Late at night, while on post, I had a thermal device attached to my RCO, allowing me to scan the southern green zone. Out of nowhere, a bright white blip materialized in the sky. It didn't appear to have flown in from any direction, but rather emerged within my thermal view. Intrigued, I paused my observation through the scope and noticed that the blip transformed into a hovering red light. Without hesitation, I radioed the Command Operations Center COC to inquire if we had any aircraft in the area. They confirmed that we didn't, and my comrade on post also witnessed the peculiar sight. Post 3 radioed in as well validating that they too had visual contact with the object. The object started moving in an unconventional triangular pattern, intermittently pausing to hover before resuming its triangular routines. Suddenly, it accelerated, zooming away at an incredible speed, seemingly transitioning from a standstill to Mach 1 in an instant, and then it vanished. None of us could explain what we had just witnessed, Surprisingly, the object would reappear in different locations at random intervals throughout our deployment. 
Considering we had only about 100 personnel on the forward operating base FOB, news of the sighting spread rapidly. Many of the guys on post during the winter would catch glimpses of it as well. At times, we would even gather near the walls to catch another glimpse of this enigmatic phenomenon. It was an undeniably strange occurrence, and I found solace in the fact that others had also witnessed it. I was fishing near Vico, Italy, at the exact spot where I had witnessed an airborne disc on the 24th. Suddenly, a tall, thin man approached me, showing a keen interest in flying saucers. He even offered me a cigarette with a gold tip, but as soon as I smoked it, it made me sick, and he callously threw it into the water. After this strange encounter, he simply walked away. I began to fear that someone was trying to silence me, so I decided to take action. I went directly to the public prosecutor's office in the town of Luca and provided a detailed statement about my UFO experience, ensuring that it was documented and officially on record. The worst thing I ever saw was while duck hunting on a secluded oxbow off a large river. These places are sometimes used by high schoolers to hook up. It wasn't uncommon or noteworthy to see a used condom at the remote boat ramp. It was a rough ramp, very little gravel, only used to get back in shallow flooded timber by duck hunters. One morning, I am taking a leak off to the side of this ramp and see a Polaroid this was the 1990s of a young boy naked. It was just of his groin. It is easily the worst thing I've ever seen hunting just because of whatever backstory accompanies that photo. I still feel uneasy thinking about what sick F had that, what they were doing out there, etc. I was working at a hospital at the time and went to walk my dog at about 4.30 in the morning. As I was coming down the stairs, I happened to glance up and saw exactly what your friend saw in her backyard. For a split second, I noticed something just like that in the Predator movies. It moved towards the chain-link fence surrounding the front yard. I know what I saw and I knew it, knew I had seen it. Since I was going down the stairs, I didn't want to fall and had to look down, and when I looked back up it was gone. I know within my soul what I saw, and it seemed a little amazed startled that I saw it, although I got the strong sense it wasn't particularly friendly. The best way to say it was it seemed a little annoyed with me for actually seeing it like an adult would be if a child saw them doing something maybe they shouldn't have been doing. I continued to take my dog, walking towards where I had seen it. I wasn't afraid because somehow I knew it wasn't there anymore. My dog didn't notice it at all. About the same time, maybe a few months later, I was walking out of work to take a break. The sun was just starting to rise. The sky went colors were light to dark blue, and I happened to glance over to see a large airplane moving across the sky in its path, leaving an orange trail of exhaust. I remember thinking how pretty the dark blue, light blue, and orange colors looked in the sky. That's when I noticed two UFOs by the plane. One was below it by the back end, the other was above it almost in the middle, but more towards the back end. Again, I looked down for a split second. And when I looked up again they were gone, and the plane moved out of my range of view. They were both shaped like a short stack top hat. I was in awe that I saw this. The next one happened when I was sleeping one night. 
I remember waking terrified, never experienced any terror like I felt that night. I could not open my eyes at all. I know all about sleep terrors from reading about them, but don't believe this is what happened to me. I was panicking inside, full of horrible terror, and all of a sudden heard what I knew was two beings communicating with each other in their language, which sounded like clicking noises of different degrees. But I could also understand them telepathically and knew what they were saying. The one farther from me, who seemed like someone in a superior position to the one next to me, told it. She's awake. I got the sense it was a little startled that I was awake and aware of them. Then still terrified beyond words, I just knew I had to wake up. I still couldn't open my eyes, but was fully awake and aware. It was like being in two dimensions at once. I moved one arm against what I believed was their will to my other arm, so I could scratch my other arm as hard as I could to wake myself up, but just couldn't. All this time I'm screaming in my head for my daughter in the next room to come out and help me. In my mind, I'm screaming help, help me wake up. But I could hear myself quite clearly and was only moaning really loudly. Something told me to say the Lord's Prayer, which is about the only Bible verse I know, and I did. All of a sudden, I felt a sense of the most blissful eternal peace you could ever imagine. No words can even describe that sense of peace that came over me like a blanket. In an instant, I was in a very deep sleep. I woke the next day holding on to that sense of peace for a few days. It was so intense, but at night, before going to sleep for the next few days, I slept with a knife under my pillow. I knew it couldn't have done anything to help me if they came back, but it gave me a little peace of mind. A few months later I woke up again inside myself but unable to open my eyes. Same situation. But this time I felt stronger, and yelled moaned really loud and my daughter woke up and came out and started shaking me. It felt like I was pulled into my apartment. It hasn't happened again, thank God. The last happened when I was around eight. We lived in California. I was sitting in our living room playing with a new kitty, and across from the living room was our kitchen. I was the only one in the apartment at this time, when all of a sudden, the kitchen light turned off and the kitchen door opened and closed, just like someone was leaving to go to the store for a minute. I was so scared I ran outside to stay with my sister's boyfriend. This apartment was supposedly haunted by a man who was stabbed and died in the living room, and nothing ever happened in the living room, only the hallway and kitchen. My mom's sister, her boyfriend, and two of their friends saw the face of a ghost in the hallway. Also at Christmas time, our tree stood right next to the hallway entrance and several times presents would fall over and ornaments would fly off the tree when no one was over in that area. I tried to look up and find any information on someone dying in that apartment, but couldn't find anything. I have also noticed that I sometimes have weird things happen when I'm around electricity, like lights being switched off and streetlights will go off when I'm under them. Hand-held electronics will go a little haywire when I use them. I read something about this and found it interesting. It doesn't happen all the time, just occasionally. Well, I would like to thank you, in advance if you were able to read this email. I know it's long, but even if you're not able to, it just felt perfect writing this down and sharing all this with you. Remember, if you use this, then please do not use the city I stated about in the ghost encounter or any identifying information about me.